There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. You are listening to the 23 Personnel Podcast, where food and sports clash at the goal line. Here are your hosts, Spencer and Michael. All right, what is up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the 23 Personnel Podcast. I'm your host, Spencer, joined by Michael. Michael, what's up, man? Hello. Hey, hey, the, the madness is upon us, man. The madness is upon us. Did you see the 15 over 2 upset happen tonight? Kentucky uh, goes down. Ah, uh, The first man. big upset of the, the tournament. Had the obligatory 12 over fives, had two of them today. Two of the three 5-12 games ended in 12 seeds prevailing. We'll talk about that in a little bit, but the tournament has started. How many brackets have you filled out, Michael? Okay, this is interesting. Would you take a guess? And I'll give you some options. Is it is it three? Is it less than three? Or is it more than three? I would say less than three. That is correct. It is zero. <gasps> Same. <laughs> oh, really? I, I didn't I fill so out a single one. I was I was talking with my boss about intentional. It was just one of those things like, oh yeah, bracket. I need to I'll get around to that. I'll fill one out. They make it so easy on the app and on the you know, there's so many different ways to fill out one easily. And I just could not. I, I could not bring myself to even do that. I don't know why. I just yeah. I just kept forgetting. Well, for me, it was more like I, I'm never very good at it. Uh, and I, I'd been invited. I, was, I had three or four invites to groups and bracket challenges. And I was just like, hey, here's the thing. <laughs> you know how many games outside of Texas Tech that I've watched this year? Like yeah. three. And they were Kentucky games. What good that would have done me because Kentucky just lost. Well, <laughs> so sure, yeah, I, yeah. I've not watched much, if any, that I can remember basketball other than than Texas Tech. Which, granted, we know the actually the less you know about college basketball, the better you do in these brackets. But yeah, I, I just was like, I whatever. This, this is the first time in years I haven't filled out a bracket, and I just like I couldn't care less. Mine would have been. I was I was pretty. I was pretty impressed with my boss's bracket because mine probably would have been similar. His final four ended up being Tech, Baylor, Kansas, and Houston. <laughs> and I was like, "That is, there you go. That's a good representation of the of the new Big Twelve." And and that was where I went. You know, as you were talking about that, I thought, "Okay, yes, I've watched a lot of Texas Tech basketball, so that means I've watched a lot of Big Twelve basketball." And really, I'm not like a junkie or anything. Like God, I'm. I'm not going to be watching a random SEC game just because it's on, uh, but I will watch a random Big 12 game here and there because Tech plays all of these teams. Mm-hmm. And so I did watch a couple of those throughout the season. So yeah, I'm, my bracket would have definitely been very top heavy Big 12, even though I'm the guy that's always preaching like, you know, let's not let's not glorify our conferences too much. Let's not 
beat our chests about how good our conference is, but they were the, they were the only ones I'd have been familiar with. So yeah, my final four would have looked probably similar to his. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, Baylor's path just got a little bit easier now that the two seed in their, in their region is out because they're, uh, they're, they're out there in the East, I believe. Right. Or is it Kansas? That's in the East. I, I think Baylor's number one seed in the East. Um, anyways, whoever's out there just got just a little bit easier with Kentucky out of the way guys. If you want to follow us on Twitter, as we go through the tournament, as we get ready for Texas tech and round one on Friday, you can follow us at 23 personnel, me Spencer at punts suck and Michael at Michael underscore LBK. You can also follow us over on ColorCast, which is where we are broadcasting live right this second. If you listen to us on, on a podcast platform, you're hearing the recording you can catch us live. This week is different. We've always said we'll go live on Tuesday at nine. Um, Michael was out on Tuesday. Last I was out on Tuesdays. <laughs> I was out on Wednesday. So we're just like, you know what? We'll do Thursday night, which is different for us. Uh, still before the text tech game, but here we are live on ColorCast. Guys, you can join us. ColorCast is a live audio only sports talk platform free to download and to use. Talk to us, other fans, athletes, and insiders in real time. Perfect for watch parties, debates, post-game breakdowns, and reacting to breaking news or, you know, hosting a live podcast like this. All you need to do is download the ColorCast app free in the iOS app store. Create a profile, link your Twitter, follow at 23Personnel to know when we go live. Typically, we're going live Tuesdays for our regular episodes at 9 and probably post-games. Um, we'll see. We may just do Twitter space. I, you know, I don't want to do Twitter spaces because I think, I think we have three or four Texas tech Twitter spaces that go up like yeah. five minutes before the game's over. Yeah. Um, it's, it's becoming like Twitter conference rooms. Yeah. More than just spaces. And I, I, I almost, I, I was going to give Rob and Kyle a hard time because there was a game where they started a space. I think it was before it was over. I think it was a TCU game. It, it, they started a space before it was over. Um, and had it up as a, as a loss was like, but the game kept going and Texas tech was out of it or they ended up losing the game, but they, they kept making it close. And I was like, what if they win this game? And like they, the first five, six minutes of their recording is be like, Oh man, we suck. We couldn't get it. <laughs> Anyways, we, I, I do like to join their, their spaces, but if you guys want to come join us on color cast, we're live can do that. Come with your spiciest takes. All right, guys. You know, tons of people take a multivitamin and it's important to choose one that is top quality. With one delicious scoop of athletic greens, you're absorbing 75 high quality vitamins, minerals, whole food sourced superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to help you start your day right. That's right. Adaptogens, Spencer. That is my number one thing when I look for a vitamin. And guys, it's time to reclaim your health. You can arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition, especially during cold and flu season. I have sneezed a few times right before recording, so apologies, everyone. Um, I may be entering that. We had quite the dust storm blow through this evening. It is gorgeous brown here in Lubbock, Texas today. It's one of my least favorite days. Oh, spring. It's, it's just, it just screams spring. It's the best. Okay, it's just one scoop of 
uh, in a cup of water every day. That's it. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash sports drink. Again, that's athleticgreens.com slash sports drink to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. All right. Let's uh, let's jump into the NCAA tournament and Texas Tech's tournament run, Michael. Let's tip it off, shall we? Let's t- okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Bite Clear Liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Bite.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Bite. Ah. The comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car-selling command center, thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. Keep it off. Let's get it. Here comes Stevenson. Spins. Oh! And it is stuffed back by the freshman sensation Smith. Pass over the top of Bullock and a crowd strip by Owens. Already on the run. Bounce pass. Here's Colbert. with a crossover in the line. Owens! Now the shot clock is at three. Mooney spins, fires. Oh, he got it to go! Edwards with a three. Good! What a shot, Kyler Edwards! Ready, double, into three. Goins who puts it down! Already. Odiasi! Tropars it in! Shot clock down to five. Got the screen. Here's a three. All right, Michael, NCAA tournament started, I guess, was it Tuesday? Tuesday, yes. With all the playing games, uh, Tuesday and Wednesday with the playing games. First tournament games of the field of 64 started today, Thursday. Texas Tech's first game is tomorrow, Friday. But before we get there, Michael, we didn't we didn't do any wrap up from the Big Twelve tournament because my goodness, that what a run Texas Tech had. Um, quarterfinal, the, so their first game took down Iowa State seventy two to forty one. Michael, forty one points. We I, allowed a fellow NCAA tournament team to score on us, just forty one points. Yeah, I I was thrilled 
with this outcome. Obviously I, I enjoy hating on Iowa state basketball because, um, you know, there for a while they kind of had text number a little bit or it was, you know, really close, but, but yeah, then, then everything else took over, you know, Iowa state hasn't beaten tech, but once they haven't beaten a full tech team no. uh, since 2019. And, you know, when tech has more players than will fit in a minivan available for the game, let me see Let me see. Let me do some math real quick right here. So, um, your Iowa State Cyclones, they were outscored 144 to 101 in the games they played Tech this season when they had more players than, uh, you know, a bowling team. <laughs> than seats in a, in a minivan. Yeah. So what's that uh, average of 15-point victory? Yeah. Those, those yeah, two pretty wins? Good. Pretty good. I'd, I'd take it. Yeah, for sure. Um, that was just a demolishing, man. I mean, everybody was on fire. Everybody was. I don't. I don't know if anybody did anything poorly in that game. The turnovers were bad. It was sloppy. Uh, I mean, you know, Tech had 15 turnovers, which is quite a bit for them. But I just kind of everybody was throwing stuff in and contributing, and it was the return of Kevin McCuller, which made such a huge difference as we'd kind of expected it would. Uh, you know, his stuff doesn't necessarily jump out on the stat sheet in this game, but it doesn't matter. He's always there and he's involved and he's, uh, really facilitates that offense. Yeah. I think the best. Yeah. So he, anyone on the team, sorry, he played 18 minutes, um, which is when you look across the board and, and maybe because of the, the margin, uh, nobody played more than 23 minutes which is not a lot. There was a lot of uh, subbing out, uh, subbing in ro- rotation here. McCuller had his first real action back, 18 minutes. He still scored 11 points, four of six shooting, three of four from three. Um, you had four guys in double figures in terms of scoring. Terrence Shannon had 15. O'Banner and Arms both had 10. McCuller had 11. Uh, Davion Warren almost hit double digits. He had nine. Bryson Williams was a little quiet with only six. Um but man, defensively, again, you held them to 31% from the field, 20% from three, 60% from the line. Um, they attempted 48 total shots to your 56. You out-rebounded them by 10. They only had four offensive rebounds, Michael. So it, basically, every time they missed, it was a Texas Tech possession. It wasn't the... It, that they had four second chance opportunities. Another fun stat, Texas tech had more points in the paint than Iowa state did all game. total <laughs> Texas tech with 42 points in the paint. Yikes. Just unreal. Just dominated inside from all angles. Yeah. So that, that was nice to get the, the, the way that you finished the season, than to come in and, and play a game like you did against Iowa State. You felt pretty good about it. Your next opponent up was Oklahoma. They, in their first game, took down uh, one seed or two seed. I can't remember where it was. I think it was two seed, Baylor. Um, and you get them, and it was quite a bit different of a game. Slog. Um, it was a slog, yeah. You you beat them by one, uh, 56-55, you only scored 19 points in the second half. This is one of those games where you had a 
extended and long scoring drought. And that, that the games that are close, honestly, and then your losses all have something in common that you have this really extended period of time where your offense is just absolutely stagnant. You can't get anything done. Um, you did keep Mo, you know, Mo Gibson from going off for 30 again. He scored 16. He was Oklahoma's leading scorer. They had three guys in double figures. Jordan Goldwire, another point guard, had 14. Jalen Hill had 13. Um, you absolutely put the, the, the lid on Tanner Groves. He had two points. Uh, brother only had one point. Um, Marvin Johnson, Ethan Chargua combined for nine. So they really found offense through three people. You had two guys in double figures, two more guys with nine. Kevin O'Banner, Davion Warren had 11 points each. Adonis Arms, Bryson Williams had nine. Um, Kevin McCuller, 30 minutes, four points. So the next game after we talked about like his first game back, was efficient with his time, um, almost doubled his minutes, but cut his points in production in half, two of seven from the field for him, oh of two from three, only one free throw attempted. You attempted 11 free throws on the night, um, nine of them in the second half. Yeah, and we'll probably talk about free throws a little bit more in the next game too, um, but it's it, it's just grueling to watch these kinds of games where Tech goes into halftime with an 11 point lead. I didn't feel very good about it, but I just thought, well, it's still an 11 point lead. That's, you know, Tech should be able to just at least hang on. And they barely hung on. Like you said, outscored, you know, they scored 11 more in the first half and OU scored 10 more in the second. And that was, there you go. There's your one point victory right there. I just couldn't believe these droughts that this offense, uh, can go through. And I mean, it happened against OU. It happened the next game against Kansas in the championship game. Um, it's, it's definitely the Achilles heel of this whole, this whole team is, mm-hmm. is for some reason, just going seven, eight, nine minutes without a bucket. And sometimes even without a free throw attempt, um, I don't, I don't know how to fix it, but Now's the time. I mean, this is yeah <laughs> this because is where we are because it's it's not that like you know some of the issues we've had with scoring before or just you know offense in general has been just a lack of aggression. Like we're not getting the ball uh, into the lane or into the paint. Um, we're settling for jump shots. We're just standing around. Um, I can't remember exactly if it was OU or, or Kansas, but same kind of thing. You were taking shots in the lane. You were getting the ball t- to the rim. You were missing. Yes thousands of easy points. <laughs> it was, it felt it was like. thousands. Yeah. Um, you did like end up holding on 55 or 56, 55 on a very strange end of the game. Oklahoma was shooting free throws to tie it. I believe it was Mo Gibson at the line and you were just like, Holy crap, we're going to go to overtime or worse. Uh, he ends up missing the last free throw. Mm-hmm. Texas tech tips it all the way into the backcourt. So they have to chase it down. Um, which I would say like you would feel pretty good about, but that just gave Gibson like a running start at the, at the rim. Um, and for as much as I, as I just dogged on, on Kevin McCuller, he tied him up in the lane and stole the ball from him. Um, he, well, there, there were several things. One, he took the ball from him. Gibson traveled and time ran out. Almost all three of those things simultaneously. 
mm-hmm. um, to keep Oklahoma from even putting up in the last shot. Cause had they put up a last shot as time was expiring, it would have been a backbreaker. I mean, literally you would have lost that game on a buzzer beater after you just, you know, did what you did to get, to get the ball away from the rim. Um, but you win that game. You're like, okay, we've got some learning to do. Turn around. You're in the conference title game. Let's, let's, let's like appreciate the magnitude. You played for a conference title. Yeah. Which is, hasn't happened since Oh five. Was that the last time? And it, it may, that may have been the only time it ever happened, at least in the big 12. Because I'm, even, even when you were really good a couple of years ago under Chris Beard, you were out long before you, you got to this point. Sure. Um, yeah. And then the game was, with Kansas. It was, fun. I, it was fun getting to see Tech play three games, three nights in a row. I'm sure they mm-hmm. were exhausted, but as fans, hey, we get to we get to enjoy this team. Um, and yeah, it was three completely different experiences. Yeah, very very strong tournament atmosphere, as they would say. Uh, mm-hmm. And then very different halves. The first half, you went into the halftime down by one, but let me tell you, Michael, I was nervous because watching this game you were playing Kansas this game you were shooting well enough to stay in the game but you weren't doing anything to stop them it was 37 36 and a half giving up almost 40 points and a half is a lot of points for this defense um like i said i felt almost like like we were lucky or that we were um what's the word it, you were fortunate fortunate to only be down or to be so close in this game because like i said it felt very much like kansas was dictating the game you were just executing well enough on the offensive side to keep pace obviously with a team that has offensive problems like when is that going to stop working when is the offense going to stop second half you scored 29 so like it wasn't that big of a difference oklahoma Oklahoma. kansas scored 37 in both um and where is it? Free throws. You, yes. you mentioned that one. I'm not upset about it. It's just one of those things where you just, I just wish tech could have taken advantage of that. I wish they could have. Anyway, go ahead. Well, I was going <laughs> to say like, it's, it, it's a product of, of several things. One, I, I don't like our big 12 referees. Um, the, I guess it's John Higgins, the one I really don't like. <laughs> um, he, he reminds me of somebody else I know and just like, I don't know. But between this tournament being basically a home court advantage for, for the Kansas teams, Kansas being the, the favorite um, throughout the season, then obviously throughout the tournament, especially as Baylor was gone. Um, also combined with you were like your offensive success was a double-edged sword in my book, at least because you were shooting so well that you were less aggressive because shots were falling. So you weren't driving the ball as much. You weren't getting into the lane, into the paint because shots were falling for you. Um, so all those things combined, you shot 13 field or free throws on the night, four in the first half, nine in the second half. Um, where Kansas, as offensively talented as they are, were aggressive. Um, and honestly, because they are Kansas, like it's like Texas in football or Oklahoma in football, you kind of get the benefit of the doubt on some calls. They shot 32 
free throws in the night. They had, yeah. they made almost twice as many free throws as you attempted. You made six yeah. of 13. They made 25 of 32. Yeah, of their 74 points, 25 came from the charity stripe. Uh, that, that one, it's, it's tough to swallow because I know there's a lot of things in play that make that happen. Mm-hmm. It, it's just because I kept looking at the foul disparity and it really wasn't ever that much different. Uh, no, you know, it was, I, I kept, I kept watching it during the whole game. I was like, what is going on? You know, I mean, tech tech ended up with 20 personal fouls and Kansas, Kansas had, ended up with 16, but it was, it was that weird, like all of, all of Kansas's fouls were on the yes, floor. It felt like it didn't shooting fouls. It, like when, when or, they yeah. fouled you, like it was just like a, like a turnover or like it just reset the shot clock basically. Yes. Whereas like when you fouled them, they got shots almost every time on 20 on 20 fouls. They shot 32 free throws. Two guys shot 18. David McCormick and Christian Brown. Shot. And McCormick is not a good free throw shooter, but he had eight of nine. I know <laughs> it just wasn't our night, man. It wasn't, it wasn't going to go well for us. Yeah. So you ended up losing the game by nine. It was, it was a little bit closer within the last few minutes and, and Kansas was able to, uh, to extend it there. Um, exciting tournament run and, uh, and, in, in, in a, a venue that, or a tournament you haven't really done well. You haven't seen success before, even when you had good teams. Um, that was exciting. Frustrating, obviously lose the, the, the title game the way you did, but all, three versus one, I mean, it's kind of picked to go this way. You liked your shot. I did say going into the tournament, I wanted to see Texas Tech do well in the first game, and then everything after that was going to be cake. As in, whatever happens, happens. It's like it's only going to be good for you as long as you can continue to learn from it. Um, but getting the taste of playing for a title, I was like, mm-hmm. oh, I want to go win this thing. Um, which, you know, you always want to win the game. Well, it was especially exciting to see McCullough start and then realize, oh man, he's going to get to play three games before, before they head to, uh, well, we didn't know they were going to California for sure, but before they head to the tournament, Mm -hmm. the capital T tournament. So I I was really excited about that and that the team was going to get to play with him and they're going to try to get, get some mojo going that they haven't really been able to get since early February when he was last really able to consistently uh, a play. So that was just something I was kind of like you. I thought one, he's warming up. He's going to get to play uh, versus Iowa state. That's fantastic. And then all of a sudden it turned into three games and I kind of mm-hmm. thought, well, okay, well, whatever happens, this is good. Yeah. This is good for tech. They get to play three games with a full roster. Um, and they get a couple of, you know, nine minute stretches or whatever without scoring points. And maybe they'll <laughs> get, get some time to, to figure out how to score against the Bobcats. Yeah. So let's, uh, let's, let's look at the final Ken Palm and Haslametrics uh, rankings uh, before we head into the tournament. Ken Palm bumped you up to ninth overall after the big 12 tournament. You were previously 11th offense fell to 64th again because of those games against Oklahoma and then Kansas. Although you, you shot well enough in Kansas, uh, at least early on, um, 64th, you were 52nd, your opponent's defense that you faced up to 11th 
previously was 12th, and then your defense remained first in the country. Opponent's Mm -hmm. offense jumped up from 43rd to 35th. And then over it with Haslametrics, Eric Haslam, uh, he had you at 10th to, to f- I guess, going into the tournament, going into the big, um, sorry, going into the NCAA tournament, up pr- from previously at 13th. Offensive efficiency, he's a little bit higher on you than, than Ken Palm, up at 31st. Defensive efic- efficiency got you at one. So consensus between these two advanced stats guys is the best defense in the country. Um, then you you wait around the next afternoon for Selection Sunday. Comes out that everybody's enemy number one, Joey Brackets, actually had it right. Texas Tech he ends did. up a three seed out in West. First game is going to be in San Diego. Your West bracket consists of one through 16, Gonzaga, Duke, you at Texas Tech at number three, Arkansas at four, UConn, Alabama, which a lot of people don't want to face. Michigan State, Boise State, Memphis, Davidson at 10. Notre Dame won their 11 seed play-in game. Double overtime versus, remind me who it was? Rutgers. Rutgers. New Mexico State at 12. Vermont, Montana State, your opponent. Cal State, Fullerton at 15. And then Georgia State. Um, so far, let me just give quick updates on who is left. There have been games in the West bracket already. Gonzaga did pull it out uh, against Georgia State. There was a time about 10 minutes through the second half that it was a two-point game. Mm-hmm. Georgia State hanging around, uh, but it kind of fell apart. They Georgia State's big man ended up going down with an injury, and then their, their next guy up um, fouled out, and then Gonzaga went on like a 12-0 run and just like put it away right then. Um, Arkansas and Vermont are playing right now. If I can pull it up really quickly. Arkansas is up 34-27 at the half. UConn is a victim of the 5-12 game. There were two of those, two of the three, uh, 12 over fives today. Uh, So New Mexico State defeated UConn in that game. And then the 8-9 game, Boise State-Memphis, 9-seed Memphis comes out on top to knock out Boise State. Um, Texas Tech will play Montana State tomorrow, 12-45. Um, TNT-San Diego. So Montana State, 27-7 and overall, 16-4 and in the big sky, 13-1 at home, 5-0 and on the neutral courts. They were the regular season and tourney champs for the Big Sky. Um, Michael, what what have what have you learned about Montana State as a team, as somebody like to look out for to as we prepare to face them? I I mean they they are the cream of the crop of their conference. That's for sure. Uh, they're the highest ranked Ken Palm team in the Big Sky. Uh, Obviously, just head to head, they won the conference. Uh, also, they have Jabril Balo being named. He's the most valuable player in the conference. He's also the defensive player of the year <laughs> and unanimous choice for all conference first team. Um, he averaged 13 and a half points per game, seven rebounds per game, 1.9 blocks per game for the entirety of the season. So he is a big part of their of their team. He's he's a big guy. He's a big presence down low. I did watch a little bit of, well, 
there was a 25 minute highlight video of the Ooh. big, of the big sky. Well, <laughs> hang on. It was of the big sky championship game against, I believe it was Northern Colorado of the conference championship game. Mm-hmm. And so 25 minutes, it's probably about, I mean, it's, it's most of the possessions. It seemed like a good chunk of the game. I, I will say that yes, Montana state is the number one defense, I believe in big sky, but, um, the, the competition's different guys. And, and there are a lot, there were a lot of open shots. Um, you know, this, this offense, this Montana state offense is going to have fits trying to score against this defense. Uh, I, I don't think it's, that's going to be pretty at all, to be honest with you. Um, there were so many times where these shooters and, and, and they do have some good shooters that, like that number 11. Oh man, I had his name pulled up just a while ago. Uh, Tyler Patterson. He's got a pretty good shot. He's uh, 40% from the field on the year. He's 37% from three and he's, he's shot a lot of threes. He's 59 of 158 in the game. I watched, he was, um, you know, really lighten it up. So they, they have some guys that can shoot threes, but man, Northern Colorado does not close out on three point shooters. Like we do. They do not defend the lane. Like we do. There were so many open layups and just completely like busted. Nah, eh, I'm not gonna, I'm not even going to try to, to get to the, the defense. You know, they, you'd have your two bottom, uh, defensive players kind of out towards the corners and then someone just drives through the lane after they get past their guy and your and their defensive players would just stand there and just watch him go. And you know, for a fact, Mark Adams would have chewed tail <laughs> to no end. If anything like that ever happened once against his, with his players. So I, I'm worried about tech scoring just because that seems to be a thing we should always be worried about. But, um, you know, Montana State should definitely be worried about scoring. That uh, they are not going to have a good time uh, against this defense. Although they do have some some big guys and some athletic guys, but uh, it, it's going to be tough. Yeah. So, um, common opponents, just really quickly, they they did play. Uh, well, sorry, they did play a Providence, but not the same Providence that you played. Right. <laughs> um, yeah. I was looking at that too. I thought, oh, wow, really? And then, oh, no, that's a different. How many providences are there? I don't know. Um, well, so, yeah. <laughs> Anyways, um, looking at their roster really quickly, um, they've got a 5'8 guard, which I think is kind of funny. Um, but he is, is it Raekwon Battle? No, Xavier Bishop. Is there another one? <sighs> Okay. No, 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 no. I, I, I got the, the B names confused. Um, Raekwon battles like, uh, he was the top. He's six, five. He, yeah. Well, and he's a, a six, he's six man. So he's like mm. coming off the bench and he was, uh, voted the top reserve of the big sky conference. So he, he's definitely another guy to look out for, but yeah, Xavier Bishop, he was first team all big sky. I mean, he's, He's, he's pretty, uh, he's pretty salty, super fast. Um, it's surprising. I I remember him making a crazy three against Northern Colorado where he just dribbled kind of to the left, had two guys on him and then just decided to throw it up basically fade away style. And it just 
swished. It was, it was beautiful. So he, he's definitely a guy to look out for. Um, but I, I think he's a little bit streaky. I'm not positive about that. Yeah. Um, so just looking across at their, uh, at their roster, which is what I'm trying to say. Um, like at least for me, surprisingly, like they look a lot like you do in terms of size. Um, yeah, yeah yes, they're, I did. I did big. throw out a, a, a five, eight guard. I've got a six, seven forward, a six, four guard, seven, eight, four, or sorry, six, eight forward, six, eight forward, a six, five guard, six, seven guard, six, eight guard, six, nine forward. I got a, a six foot guard. I'm not sure if he's a, a contributor without looking at, you know, stats, a six, six guard. Um, that actually played at South Plains. Got a six four guard, a six five guard, a six seven forward, a six three, six seven, and then a seven three center um out of Corvallis up there in Oregon. So Yeah, I mean another thing I I, I noticed with them is they do not like being pressed. They do not like a full court press. Um you know, northern Colorado they started doing that a lot more towards the end of the game and that, you know, it was kind of out of hand by that time. Really Montana state controlled the game for the majority of, uh, of it. I mean, probably in the first 10 minutes or so it, it was just kind of theirs to lose beyond that point. But so Montana state did win 87, 66 against Northern Colorado, but Northern Colorado started pressing the, probably the last 10 minutes and were really giving Montana state fits, but Northern Colorado kept fouling them. Mm. And so they kept bailing them out because Montana state, I mean, they probably would have had, uh, you know, a 10 second violation or made a turnover or had to have called a timeout or something. Cause there were some guys that they just didn't know what to do once they got um, trapped two guys and they, they couldn't find an open man, but poor Northern Colorado just kept fouling them. So that that's something I would expect to see, you know, I, I bet tech jumps out in a press or something to, to kind of catch them off guard. And, and if they do, they're, they're going to make them pay for it. Yeah. And, and, and looking at the size, you know, I was dreaming up a little bit of a size disadvantage, like looking at the seven, three uh, center. He hasn't played this year. He's he, not a contributor. So, um, everybody else, they're going to, they're going to look at least size wise, fairly similar to you. Um, mm-hmm. but as you mentioned, just the way that they've played this season, the, their competition, um, while they may have good defense, they haven't faced a defense like yours, obviously as best in the country. Um, and yeah, they're, they're adjusted defense, their opponents defense, 350th, according to Kim Palm. So they have, they're about to play the number one defense in the country. After it, collectively playing almost the worst defense all season. Yes. Yes. So I am, I am not envious of that. I, I've, I've, I'm not trying to be conceited or anything, but I just feel like this is, this is going to be a really bad matchup for Montana state. Yeah. I, I, I wouldn't expect, I mean, yes, obviously upsets happen. We saw the 15 over two just a few sure. minutes ago, Montana yeah, state tech, tech may go the second half and only score three points. Who knows? <laughs> yeah. At least for me, it feels like if something bad goes wrong in this game, it's going to be self-inflicted. Um, whether it was your offense going absolutely cold because you 
stop moving the ball, you stop being aggressive, or you just turn the ball over incessantly, constantly giving the ball back to Montana State. Uh, if you look at Haslametrics, they always give a, you know, you, you can put in opponents and location and they give you a uh, projected win and, and sorry, not win, uh, projected point totals for both teams. According to Haslametrics, this game would end up a 73-58 victory for Texas Tech. So 15-point win on a neutral court. You'll never guess what the spread is, Spencer. Is it 15 points? Yes, it is. So <laughs> I don't want to ask what the what the spread was tonight with Kentucky and St. Peter's. Yep. But, Let's not talk about that. Um, like I said, this is this is March. This is tournament madness. It's crazy. Um everybody wants to be here and it's for for the same reason because everybody's got a shot. The the small schools that, you know, kids that are overlooked, they got the chip on their shoulder versus the the uber talented guys that have been tops all you know all their lives everybody has the same shot at the title yeah. <laughs> their, their paths are different but um yeah so with that texas tech will play montana state tomorrow um on their website just reminded because of, of the football preview we did for them a couple years ago um Bozeman, Montana, that setting for their campus, absolutely gorgeous. Like, oh, for sure. Bozeman, Montana, being a student at Montana State, you're just like, wow, it's a great place to be. Yeah. And, and really, I mean, what a great story for this team. They haven't, they haven't been to the tournament. Man, I, I had all this stuff pulled up and now I can't find it, but it's been a long time since they've been to the tournament and they're being led by a former player. Uh, who's, you know, revitalized this team and really gotten them moving the last few years. So, I mean, it's, it's a really great story and I God, I don't want them to win. And I don't think they will unless like just someone gets on fire and shoots, scores 30 points and can't miss from three or something, then, you know, that might happen. But I, I just think they're going to run into a, a buzzsaw of a Texas tech defense. That's just going to, eat their lunch to be quite honest. Yeah. Um, if Texas tech is to win this game, they will face the winner of Notre Dame, Alabama Sunday TBA time to be announced or determined. Yeah. And I think Notre Dame and Alabama, I meant to write this down. They play after tech does. And that is, this is, this is really good for me to have this pulled up. Okay. three fifteen. So set your Palm Pilots for 315 on Friday, and you can see Notre Dame and Alabama play on TNT. So it'll just be right after Tech's game on the same channel, I think. And just hang on. Um, and then if you want to look at Haslametrics there, um, he's got this game a win for Notre Dame by two points. Really? Although we know Alabama and what they're capable of, we've seen them just be absolutely dangerous all season. Um, if they are on their game, that they can they could do some damage. But currently, right now, this is a Notre Dame, according to Haslametrics, as the advantage here by two. I wonder if he calculates momentum at all. I wonder if that double OT victory against Rutgers is, is factored in. Would that help Notre Dame or hurt? I don't hurt? know. I don't know. <laughs> it just makes me tired to think about playing a double OT game late at night and then 
less than 48 hours later, you're, you're in the tournament and you're, you're playing the Crimson Tide. So wait, remind me, does, does Notre Dame play basketball in the ACC? Yes, they do. I was about to say, cause I, for some reason I, I had them tied to the big, big 10. I was like, why are they playing a conference opponent? But that's cause I, I messed that up. Okay. So you get that game Sunday. Um, I don't know who I would rather play Notre Dame or Alabama. I would, I guess Notre Dame, but know, in man. terms of like momentum, maybe not, <laughs> but Alabama kind of scares me. Um, yeah. And then past that, if you I were to just beat, say we want Bama just because I want to say we want Bama, <laughs> we want Bama. Um, if we were to make it into the sweet 16, so you, you win versus Montana state, and then you defeat either Alabama or Notre Dame, you would be matched up with the winner of Michigan State Davidson, who would play the winner of Duke, Cal State Fullerton. So of those four teams, you play the winner of those four. I would expect it to be Duke, but that's why the, the games are say, that's the why the games say are Duke. But yeah, I mean, it could be Michigan State. I wouldn't want to say easily, but possibly. I would say just as easily could be Michigan State. Um, yeah. Yeah, so that's why... That's why the games are played. So that would be next weekend, the 24th and 25th. Yeah. Um, who knows? We may be, our next podcast is just weeping about how, you know, Montana state had a guy shoot 11 of 13 from downtown and, and tech just, <laughs> tech just lost. That one. I don't even think about that. Right There's nothing now. about that. They're All not right. Going to. So other, other games of note, we've, we've obviously talked about several times or just mentioned several times, Kentucky, the two seed lost to St. Peter's from the East bracket. We talked about Georgia state and Gonzaga Richmond, 12 seed Richmond took down five seed Iowa. So oh, I forgot about that one. Yeah. Um, Iowa, I think had the, one of the top rated offenses in the country scoring like a um, 110 or hundred, whatever points. Per hundred possessions, super pick for some people to win the whole thing. Yeah, they are gone. The Richmond Spiders take out the Iowa Hawkeyes, and then New Mexico State Aggies took down five seed UConn. The other five twelve game was uh, St. Mary's and whatever Indiana. St. Mary's was the five seed. They took down Indiana. They will play the winner of UCLA and Akron. Um, so. Man, lots of action happening, obviously, in, in the tournament. Texas Tech tips off tomorrow, 1245. And if they get past Montana State, we'll play Sunday versus the winner of Notre Dame and Alabama. All right, guys. Time to talk about ColorCast again. Our, our friends there created an app to where you can log in and you can listen to live audio-only sports talk. It's free to download and to use. You can talk to me, other fans, athletes, and insiders in real time. It's perfect for watch parties, debates, post-game breakdowns, and reacting to breaking news. All you need to do is download the ColorCast app free in the iOS app store, create a profile, link your Twitter, and join our group. Follow us at 23Personnel, and you will be notified when we go live. We're going to try to go live every Tuesday at 9 p.m. We should be able to get a little bit more... Uh, I don't know, consistent on that over the next couple of weeks. And then hopefully Texas Tech will make it past this weekend of the tournament and we'll probably go live starting then after some notable games if Tech's able to make it to the second weekend. So please check us out, 
Go to ColorCast, download it on iOS, follow us at 23Personnel, and come with your spiciest takes. All right, as we are all getting a little older, a little more focused, or should be getting focused on our health, Michael. Seasoned. 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 Tenured. It's the mileage. Mature. Wise. We're getting wise. It's time to reclaim your health, guys, and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition, especially now during cold and flu season. We're talking about athletic greens. It's just one scoop and a cup of water every day. That's it. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash sports drink. Again, that's athleticgreens.com slash sports drink to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at indeed.com match. Just go to Indeed.com slash match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crow portrays an ex-homicide detective, unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. All right, Michael, let's uh, shift gears. 
Let's head to the diamond. It's a big fly. Hey, we'll get there. Spoiler. Left field, well struck, Desloni. Picks it up on a bounce. He's racing for second throw. Out in second. Young looks it to right field, looking for a second home run. And he's got it into his own bullpen. Reps and some time because all the teams are there. Wow, this one launched deep left off the battle Warren and into the bleachers. There he goes. And the pitch is driven and deep to right. First end to the wall. Off the top of the fence. Here comes the big sound. Cameron Warren's going to lower home from first. From the third is late. And the Red Raiders have reclaimed the lead. Right, so as a I don't know, product of your season, you started off one and two. We we keep talking about that opening weekend. Um, since then, Michael, you've gone fifteen and one. Yes, and that one was to the defending champs, defending national cha- champs, Mississippi State. You've won six straight, going back to the second game of that Mississippi State. You won that, and then the three game sweep this past weekend versus Rice in Houston. And then a two-game midweek series versus New Mexico where you scored 39 runs. I I wish, can we figure out how many innings Tech did that in? Because I think it was like three innings. Is that right? So in the 28-run game, game, I know they scored 16 in in one inning, which set the record for most runs in 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 an inning for Texas Tech. Um, They... (laughs) It looks so strange on the on the chart, uh, on the box score. They scored one run in the first, 16 in the second, zero in the third, two in the fourth, two in the fifth, one in the sixth, four in the seventh, two more in the eighth, and only gave up New Mexico's two runs there at the top of the ninth. Yeah, and the, the crazy part about that was um, – there was only one home run hit. Yeah. And it was, uh, it was, it was a single, right? Yeah. It was a solo home run. Let's see when it was Ty Coleman hit it, but let me see when he did that. Coleman hit it. You had already scored 17. You'd already scored 16. No, sorry. It was a two run home. It was a two run home. You'd already scored 15 runs, 14 in that inning. So you're, you're only, I think you only hit one home run in the game. Yeah, that was um, it. They were all, they were mostly doubles and, um, you know, just like nickel and dimed them to death. That must have just been excruciating and to the, have been <laughs> New Mexico. Yeah, because the, the, the time that you put up a lot of runs before, it was like, um, you know, early on in the, the, the rice here, I think it was Friday night. They just put a bunch of guys on for free. You got a lot of walks, a lot of free pass, a lot of hits, hits batsmen. That second inning for Tech went like this. So Owen Washburn, first batter, did walk. Parker Kelly, single. Hudson White walked. Dylan Carter doubled. Zach Vulitech, Vulitech doubled. Stillwell singled. 
Jace Young walk, Tyler uh, Coleman walk. So I, I say that there's five walks already. Um, Kurt Wilson single, Owen Washburn back up. You've already turned the the the, the line over. You you batted around Michael without getting an out. Um, Washburn doubles, Parker Kelly singles, Hudson White walks. Dylan Carter reaches on a fielder's choice. Uh, Vulitic singles, Stillwell singles, Young doubles. Coleman home runs. Uh, Kurt Wilson flies out. That's the second. This that's the second out of the inning. You've scored sixteen runs. Washburn walks. Parker Kelly walks. Hudson White flies out. Hudson White came to bat three times in the inning. Like Washburn, oh Kelly, and White came to bat three times in the inning. Uh, you know, I mean, I, I've just I just know how much the broadcasts guys kind of get grief and stuff when they go to Albuquerque. I think it's Albuquerque. Cause they have to sit outside. Yeah. Cause they have to Okay. I was just making sure it was, I wasn't confusing it with New Mexico state, but I think it is New Mexico and it's, they have to sit outside and there's like the, the fans that just try to drive them nuts and all this kind of stuff. And I just feel luckily like, though, the, the, the one fan that everybody knows and thinks of the, the mom, yeah, she doesn't have any boys on, on the team anymore. So they're, they're all gone. She's no longer there, but it was mama mange. Or Mang yeah. or something, because like the 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 player's name I think was Mang. Anyways, but yeah, she's like, not they're, a true fan of the Lobos. No, she, she's a she's a mom. She's a baseball mom. But yeah, like they have to sit outside and like in the elements, obviously, but all, also with the fans. <laughs> yeah. And you know, a couple of years ago, this this series was a lot more competitive. New Mexico was a lot better baseball team than they are yes. at least this year. So like being outside with them when they're at home and playing well against Texas Tech, a little hostile. Yeah, I mean, their poor second pitcher, pitcher, he pitched 23 pitches but allowed seven runs mm. on 23 pitches. That's really hard to do. I, I can't I, I can't figure out how you how you do that so much. But yeah, um, I, I don't mind it because of everything we just said. I just kind of felt like, you know, if this would happen to Mary Mack or or the or which which was it? Was it Mary Mack we played? Mm hmm. Okay. If it had happened to them, which it kind of did, one game was pretty rough, but I would have felt like, ah, let's, let's stop. Let's, let's, let's pull the brakes a little bit, but against New Mexico, nah, let her rip, man. And (laughs) and it just, I I couldn't believe what's, how does this game not get stopped Spencer? Cause there there's okay. So a a lot of people ask about the, the run rule or or the mercy rule when, when games get out of hand like this. I know it has something to do with travel days, maybe. So it's, the run rule is really typically only invoked on a day where a team has to travel back home. So had this game, had this happened on the Wednesday game, the game would have been called, let's go back and look. Um, yeah, it, it would have been called in the sixth inning. So it, it's, mm. it's 10 runs or seventh. I don't remember. It's, it's 10 after seven, I believe, or 15 after six. Either way, it's usually only done on a on a travel day. I, the coaches, I guess, can agree to shorten the game, but that's also kind of like I know like that's the coach has given up. Like, oh, no, we're done, <laughs> right? But, and you know that'd be kind of hard to do when 
it's a TV play all the time and it's day one of a two game series. So <laughs> it's I guess a bad I, I get kind of yeah. like, all right, nope. You know, we got to keep going, man. <laughs> and obviously like there, there's a lot to learn from, from games. Like, you know, you, you, as a coach, you want to see how your team responds or like how you respond to being down. Like how, how do you deal with that kind of thing? Because you saw the next game, New Mexico actually, yeah. actually had a lead. They, 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 they fought back. They had a much better performance. Uh, in the game, um, you put up four runs in the first inning. They clawed back. They scored. New Mexico scored one in the second, three in the fourth to tie it at four. Took the lead in the fifth when they hit their one. Uh, when, when they got the one runs, they were up five four, top of the fifth. Uh, then it was scoreless until the bo- bottom of the eighth when you broke it out and you scored seven in the bottom of the eighth to really put yeah, that game it, away. It just started out. I mean, I think. Um I'm not positive. I was listening to this at work and you know, the first inning, I guess it was, uh, Girton was, was Girton on the mound to start. I think he was anyway, three up, three down first inning struck out, fouled out, grounded out. And then tech scores four in the bottom of the first. And you just think, Oh, here we go again. This is, this is going to be another bloodbath, but no, I mean, like you said, credit to New Mexico for finding some, uh, strength on the mound, being able to stave off these, these batters that, that can really get hot if you've got some suspect pitching and, you know, take the lead, like you said, in the fifth inning, I, I really, just the way it was going, I thought, man, I don't know if tech's going to win this one at all. And that would be so crazy to lose, uh, to the same team that you just put, you know, put to bed at 28 to two the night before. Yeah, but it really looked that way until, like you said, bottom of the eighth breakout, seven runs. And you're like, okay, I guess, I guess that's it. <laughs> yeah, Girton ended up coming in. Uh, he did get the win, but he came in in the sixth. Uh, Austin okay. Becker got the start. Uh, went two full innings, only gave up one hit uh, and one run. That one run was a uh, Braden Runyon home run, which you should recognize that name. He transferred out from Texas Tech. Um, hit the home run against you. But yeah, so you, you, you sweep the two-game series versus New Mexico behind, you know, obviously an incredible offensive night on Tuesday. Previous weekend, uh, I think when I was thinking back to the, the, the time where you walked in so many runs was actually against Merrimack, not against Rice. Uh, Friday night, you defeat Rice 10-1. to uh, one of the things, like, I, I actually... I didn't buy or pay for the subscription to watch the game. I think Michael Labar and Keith both did. And there were some issues there. They had some issues even getting onto the broadcast. Um, but Andrew Morris uh, started this game. He threw five innings. Josh Sanders came in for the save um, and threw four complete innings. You, you only went through two arms on Friday night. Uh, between the two of them, they gave up eight hits. Uh, Rice threw three guys, uh, nine hits, ten runs, where you only gave up the one run. Uh, and Andrew Morris gets his his victory there. Saturday was a lot closer game. Three to two win for your Red Raiders, obviously, as we talked about. Trendon Parrish gets the the save, or the, sorry, the win, as uh, Texas Tech uh, scores one in the top of the ninth, as he was the pitcher of record at that point. Um and then ends up, you know, strikes out the last guy that he faces, and there's a little bit of a celebration, and then some words were exchanged, and there was a post game. I wouldn't say scuffle, but like there was discussion. 
there was some heated discussion. Supposedly the the New Mexico coach, not New Mexico, the the Rice coach is a little bit younger, a little hot headed. Um, and and uh, Tadlock said this on his radio show, like you know, he said some things maybe he he wish he wouldn't have. Um, <laughs> it was very like old man, uh, but like like old saying like you know he probably wish he he would have bit his lip there um which i thought was like a little more pointed than i would have expected from tadlock to just be like yeah i mean he you know the motions got, got the better of him which he did say yeah, right he did just, say uh, you know baseball just gets the best out of everybody and just kind of yeah he just figured he would have done that but he, he sounds like he went into a little bit more well so like he, he started with saying that right like and he said you know he probably just got carried away in the emotion of the ninth inning when when tech tech takes the lead there and then uh, the way that it ends with the strikeout and the big celebration, which Tadlock said, you know, if you win, celebrate with your team. So he didn't have any problem with the way that Parrish celebrated, but I think they, they took some some offense to that. Parrish threw one in the third innings, gave up one hit, uh, two strikeouts, one of which were uh, was the end of the game. Brandon Birdsell, though, I think was was kind of the the story of the game. Threw six complete innings, fifteen strikeouts, Michael. And in fact, had eight strikeouts through the first two innings, which you're like, wait a minute, that doesn't add up. No, it doesn't. <laughs> but what happens no. is a strikeout can be recorded and credited to the pitcher, but the strikeout has to be complete. Like if the ball is in the dirt and the catcher doesn't catch the third strike, then they have to either tag the batter runner or throw him out at first. In both the first and second innings, a strikeout ended but then there was an error on the catcher who couldn't complete the the out. So he faced four batters in, in both the first and second innings, struck out all eight of them. But even though they recorded six outs. <laughs> so ends up with 15 strikeouts on the day, eight through the first two. Um, you get 19 strikeouts total for the game. Uh, but Brandon Birdsell, my goodness, if if this is what you're starting to see from him, what you're going to get the rest of the year, super excited about that. Then comes back on Sunday, uh, and then you win 7-4. to four. You had to battle back a little bit. Rice did score first in the bottom of the first. Uh, you tied it up in the third. Rice takes a big lead in the fourth with three. You respond. You score two runs in the fifth, three in the sixth, and one in the seventh end up winning this game seven to four. Um, Kyle Robinson gets the win for you. It's, it's a pitcher I haven't seen yet. Um, he came in third. Mason Molina got the start. Uh, Parrish came in again at the end of the end, end of the game to get the save. It's his fifth of the year already. Um, where Parrish, so he threw an, a, a full inning, only gave up one hit and had one strikeout. So had three strikeouts on the weekend versus the Rice Owls. Pushes you to 16 and three on the season, the six game win streak. Um, you had a what, like nine game win streak that was broken up when you played Mississippi state. Um, but yeah, like I said earlier, you've, you've been 15 and one since that first opening weekend. This upcoming schedule includes, well, it was a scheduled three game series up in Iowa versus the Hawkeyes. Shocker, a game has already been canceled for weather because Big Ten teams always schedule road games in the spring. Uh, I was like, no, you're coming to us. Yeah, well, the Friday game's been canceled already. 
Um, <laughs> without looking at the forecast, the rest of the games could also be in jeopardy there. Um, we'll see how that works out. And then you got a, a home game, Cal Baptist, on Tuesday before Big 12 play starts next weekend against the Longhorns. Speaking of the Longhorns, though, Michael, you've been keeping up with them lately? Uh, their, their baseball you know, team? They've, they've I, been, I have. Uh, I know last week I kind of put my foot in my mouth because I mentioned that they – I think they lost by one run to Texas state. No, they didn't. They, they didn't. They won by one run to Texas state. And, you know, I, I just kind of was like, well, I mean, they barely beat Texas state, but then I think they had like some seven run inning or whatever. And yeah, Texas state kind of clawed back to get within one. Um, but unbeknownst to me during that time that we were recording and I was talking about Texas state, Texas was actively losing to Texas state because they did lose to them. Right. Mm-hmm. They lost their second game or third. I don't know how many it was a second they back on the, was, the ninth. Yeah. So it was a mid midweek series. So that makes sense. They just played two. So I, I knew that they dropped one then. And then I think they dropped one to some, what's this other team. So they, they, they went they had a, a three game series at South Carolina. They played a Saturday and then a doubleheader on Sunday. They lost both games on Sunday um, and then came I get well. No, they stayed out there, and uh, in the Carolinas played College of Charleston, lost to them. That's it. And then playing at the Citadel, and then uh, that was yesterday, sixteenth, beat them eighteen to four. Then they've got a, a home series versus Incarnate Word. Then they'll play Central Arkansas, and then they play us. Following our series, they have a one game. <laughs> they play a game uh, against Texas A and M. Then they play Oklahoma. Um, but yeah, so for the number one team, they've, they've seemed to struggle with some odd opponents at weird times. Like they did lose, excuse me, to UCLA and the Shriners classic college classic, which is a, you know, one of the, the early season tournaments that Texas tech has performed in and played in. You get much better competition than, than typical out of conference baseball series. Sure. Um, yeah. So, you know, they lose again. No team is going to go undefeated. So like, okay, they lost again, big deal. But then like they lost to Texas state. You're like, okay, well things can happen. But then when they, when they lost two to three of two of the three against South Carolina, and then one against college, college of Charleston, you're just like, maybe, maybe something's up. Yes, that, that I think so. And I would love to go to a, one of those games. Um, I, I don't know if I can. I, I would really like to try to go to one of those Texas games here in Lubbock because it might be the last time. It yeah, maybe the last time they're in Lubbock, you know, depending on how all this other junk goes down. Um, a, a weather update from Iowa City, Iowa, if you would like to know. I would love to know. It is going to be a gorgeous day tomorrow. High of 53, low of 32, 7% chance of showers. Sunday, high of 65, low of 46, mostly sunny. 7% chance of rain. So hopefully so, they'll get at least two games in. Maybe they can do a double header on now. They probably won't do a double header on Sunday because they'll be traveling. Yeah. It, it seems weird that they would cancel the game and not like look to reschedule uh, to Saturday and like do a, a double header Saturday, then play Sunday, but whatever. I'm not in charge of, of scheduling. Um, Texas did drop down uh, at least in court, according to the NCAA baseball rankings from D one baseball from first to second, Ole Miss jumped up from second to first. 
Arkansas is third, Vanderbilt, Oregon State, Notre Dame, Tennessee, Florida State, Florida, Georgia Tech are your top 10. Your next Big 12 team there, Oklahoma State at 11, Texas Tech at 17, um, Liberty, interestingly enough, up to 14. Uh, not a team you typically see so high up. TCU 21, Texas State jumped way up. They got up to 22nd. Uh, early on in this season, they're 14 and 3. Mississippi State continues to, to kind of hold on there. They are 23rd, Maryland, and then Gonzaga. The Zags. Man, so Liberty is just kind of popping up all over the place. <laughs> They're kind of good at football. They didn't. They have a team go to the tournament last year in basketball. I'm sure they did. And what in the world? Anyways, what in the world. <sighs> All right. Um, with that, Michael, let's let's uh, let's start wrapping this up and get to to what we learned. But before we get there, guys, I want you to know today's episode of the Twenty Three Personal Podcast is brought to you by Sports Drink, your digital water cooler sports drink is a newly created internet community that tries to find the intersection of sports and not sports they're here to help us grow and to hate your favorite team a rising tide lists all boats so go check them out online or on social to do that go to sportsdrink.org or open instagram and type in sports drink spelled like sports drink but without the vowels s-p-r-t-s-d-r-n-k all we ask that you close the door behind you we're trying to not let the funk out Right. Let's get to what we learned and wrap this up, man. What did we learn, Palmer? I don't know, sir. I don't know either. All right, Michael, do you want to talk about yours or you want to get to a little Little League update from me first? Well, I know the listeners are clamoring for the Little League update, so I'll be fast. I'm sure they could do my first. (laughs) Um, I had a strange bout of performance anxiety right before we started recording tonight, because I'm going to be out of town for the next couple of days. And my five-year-old has one of those little Tony boxes. Have you seen these things? Mm-mm. Okay. So they're a little chargeable speaker and you have these figures that are mostly Disney that you place on top of the speaker. And if, you know, if it's Cinderella, it'll, It'll sing three songs from the movie and then it'll tell the story of Cinderella, like a 15 or 20 minute version of the story. So it's, it's kind of cool. Anyway, my daughter loves it, but there's a way where you can, you could buy these own little figurines and kind of assign them whatever you want. So you can record yourself. And so right before we started the podcast, I recorded two books to read to her while I'm out of town the next couple of days. Nice. And let me tell you, like halfway through these books, I started getting really nervous. I remember sweating and I was just thinking, I'm going to mess this up. I'm going to say a word. I was very concerned with saying a word wrong, even though, you know, it happens sometimes when you're reading, uh, you know, after 260 something podcasts, y'all have heard me read stuff wrong all the time, but there's just something different about, I I don't know. I I just, I just kind of got in my own head halfway through dragons love tacos and and got what? a little bit <laughs> have you not there's there's like a no i've not heard of that one that, that sounds dragons love tacos and then there's dragons love tacos too which we don't have the second one we we got it from the library once but we do have the first one and um 
<laughs> my daughter's like them dragons they do love tacos she just i don't know what it is there's some way she says it love so it that's awesome I, I just was i learned that performance anxiety is something i'd always struggled with but i thought you know i was you know i'm just gonna rattle off a couple of books and talking to my wife's phone but the whole time i was i was sweating bullets man i wanted <laughs> to do i wanted to do a good job i'm sure her. it was great i'm sure they were great <laughs> Um, but that's awesome. I, I never heard of the, that before. And, uh, I'm glad you were able to push through and provide this, this recording, these recordings for your daughter. While you're yeah. Out. So I just wiped the sweat from my brow and just kept going, man. And then you jumped on, on Skype to talk about, uh, Texas tech. Yeah. Um, you brought it up and it reminded me 267 episodes. You know what we've seen a lot of lately, Michael hmm. new Texas tech podcasts. That's and I'm right. Not here to talk bad about any, any one of them. Right. Love Come it. on out. Come on out. Everybody. Great content creators. Podcasts. But I think at this point, Michael, I think we are now the longest running Texas tech podcast out there. I, I think we hold the sole ownership of that claim. And, and without doing a whole, whole lot of research and I'm not going to, I know there was a, a Viva the Matadors podcast that I don't think is still out there. I think it was called the air raid podcast and, and maybe it's been rebranded. I think it's been rebranded as tortillas and takes. I think that's the same group, but, but there's sure. also, there's also like a podcast, a text tech podcast network, uh, through G- guns up nation. They also have a podcast. Um, and then I think there's one now associated with red Raider sports, but there's also just several others that are unaffiliated or within the guns up nation podcast network, like rambling Raiders. Um, and I'm not going to name all of them cause I'm going to forget them and I'm, I'm going to, piss somebody off that, that we follow and interact with on Twitter. And I'm just yeah, not going to, that we don't mean to piss off at all. Yeah. yeah. Um, like, you know, Ryan Mainville or Emery Lida or, um, Tristan McGonigal. And again, if I go any further, I'm going to forget somebody and I'm just, I'm, I'm just going to stop right there. Um, but yeah, we currently 267 episodes, but we are in year number five. We started 2018 18, 19, 20, 21, 22. This is our fifth year of podcasting. Love it. Hope you guys, wow. hope you guys enjoy this it. This is our fifth year. Yeah. Enjoying thanks, some. Thanks for sticking around everybody. Yeah. Uh, obviously well, love you guys support and keeping around and sticking through when I give ridiculous updates, like uh going yard, we're about to get into that with uh, spring coming along. We got some, <laughs> I did mow for the first time a couple weeks ago. I, I did think I told everybody that uh, with the warm weather, I'm actually seeing some green grass sticking up. Uh, like growing up out of what I, I cut because going into this fall, I let my grass just go dormant, which I normally, I haven't done before. So my grass is as brown as, as the, the Bermuda is all over the, all over town. Um, but the fescue that's waking up and growing, you see the little green blades coming up, sticking up through what's already, what's currently dormant. I'm still, I'm still anxious to hear how you survived roundupping your own yard. Cause you did do that to create a garden part of your garden. Yeah. Did that um, still just kind of, did you have painful. to like take, take a, like a, a candlelit bath afterwards and just kind of reflect. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Bathed in my own tears. It was, it was difficult. <laughs> and, and now as, as we're, as we're getting ready to, to list the house and sell it and move, I got to figure out what we're going to do with that, that space. Like, were you just going to, like retill it and kind of plant like just little flower garden for, for the new owners or just leave it empty or plant more grass over there and let them, I, no, 
I'm not going to plant grass, but the backyard is a mess. There are like holes and I, I didn't oversee last year. I'm, I know this is not a going yard update. <laughs> <laughs> I've got a lot, I've got a lot of work to do fault. back there. Um, really, I want to talk about baseball, little league baseball. For those that don't know, my son is going in his fourth year of little league baseball out there in Cooper. Only played in the rec leagues. We, we, we dabbled. We looked into going in, in, into the, the, the travel scene or at least into the U trip. Uh, world this past fall, uh, Grayson, my son was riding a high after, you know, going so far into the city tournament, wanted to keep playing baseball. And I had a friend that had a team, uh, where they took on a few extra kids than they, I guess, anticipated. So they, they actually had two teams within the organization that would have been for Grayson's age group. Like, Hey, we need more coaches. Spencer going to come coach. And I went out there anyways, that guy, I was actually going to be coaching with him. I was going to be the head coach and that my friend, um, who was, also in the rec league, but also on the travel ball side. We, we were going to coach together this spring. Um, for whatever reason, you know, schedules, he, he's super busy. They're, they're really focused on, on that other league. Wasn't going to end up coaching. So I was like, okay, fine. I won't coach either because it's kind of a headache. Um, I think I've I told everybody still playing, but they, when we got to first practice, they had three coaches. You need four. And they're like, mm. like quietly walked to the coach. Like, Hey, so, I couldn't be a head coach this year. I, I, mean, I could, I just didn't want to. I was like, I was last year in the past two years. If you need a fourth, I'm here. So you walked out of the cornfield and just, just save the day because what it was. So it's, it's the head coach and his wife. And then one of their good friends uh, was their three and they needed a fourth um, because for, for our division, we're, we're in coach pitch. It's seven and eight year olds. You have a, a coach while you're in offense, you need three coaches on the field and then one in the dugout. So you have a coach that's pitching a first and third base coach, and then a coach in the dugout that helps kind of keep the kids safe and get the batting lineup in order and keep the kids moving. So it's not so much of a, you know, madhouse in the dugout while the coaches and adults are on the field. Um, head coach's wife wants to do the, the dugout side. She's, she's done that before. really loves it. Our head coach is going to be our pitcher. So like me and the other, other coach are going to be on there on the field too. Anyways, um, for whatever reason, it feels like we've been really slow from like the draft felt like it was really late the time we got the team together. Um, and then we had like three weeks between when we started practice and then spring break, but we lost a couple of practices with weather. Um, anyways, I think we've had five practices and then we had one last night, but you know, spring break, we had, I think seven kids there. Yeah. Um, we got our schedules. First game is Monday, six o'clock, which yeah, means we are, my daughter's first game is this Saturday. She's playing soccer. Sorry. Completely yeah. changing the subject, but I was just kind of, I thought y'all know this is spring break, right? And you're starting the soccer league on the Saturday of spring break. Are we going to have anyone show up? <laughs> well, so, uh, okay. S- several things with, with, with all this one, um, this is the second year in a row that my team, the team that I've, I've been coaching or part of has had that first game first slot because games will start Monday. Mm. Um, and then there will only be two games in the division a day. You get a six o'clock game and seven thirty game. Um, so, very first day of games, the very first slot, Spencer's team has been there. 
two years in a row. And I don't know. It's not, not intentional, but like talk about anxiety. Like you have a week mm-hmm. off for spring break, no time to get the team together to practice first game. You know, what's even worse, Michael. It is Thursday night. It's 1030 Thursday night. We do not have uniforms yet. Oh, oh, that's, well, that's getting close. The team doesn't have uniforms. The coach does, but the, there's a, there's a, there was a printing error. So like we could wear them, but the printing error was related to the, the sponsorship, which, Oh, that wouldn't go well. So the head coach owns his company and he put up the money to be the sponsor of our team. Oh, okay. So his company. Okay. So he's obviously invested his own money, but he also cares very much that if he's going to be paying for a sponsorship, that it appears on the Jersey as it should. There's no sponsor on the Jersey. And he's like, he, he's in contact with the, the league and all this kind of stuff. Trying to make sure we have it right. Either way, we potentially have jerseys. We will have uniforms. We have to go and get them, um, you know, between now and Monday. Still spring break, mind you. Probably have kids picking up their uniform as they arrive to the ballpark on Monday. I, uh, I've had several conversations with myself to remind myself that this is a rec league. It's supposed to be fun and <laughs> instructional and informational. It's for the kids benefit because I you. I'm aware I, I, I want to win. I'm super competitive, but I know this is not Spencer's like my success is not tied to how we do on the team, how we do on the field. Um, going through the, these, these, these few practices of like, we had a very different team last year. <laughs> got a, got a ways to go. Got we, I mean, as we only grow. had seven, seven kids at practice, but like we actually did fairly well. We, there were some, some noticeable improvements and steps forward. It's like, okay, there's that defensively. I, I, I think we're getting there. We're getting better. Um, it's, it's going to be a season, man. So everybody buckle up, <laughs> buckle up. I hate when people say that. I just did it myself. <laughs> Stay tuned. We'll give you lots of updates for the Braves. The Braves. I was about to say, you got to give a shout out to the Braves. You're wearing, you're supporting the new hat right now. I don't know if I've seen that yet. Little League, Cooper Little League, Coach Pitch Braves. Uh, Grayson's new number this year, 14. He was 95 from uh, Lightning McQueen. But that'll do it for us on the 23 Personal Podcast. For Michael, I'm Spencer. We'll catch you guys next time. Thank you for listening to the 23 Personnel Podcast and sharing our fandom for the Texas Tech Red Raiders. You can connect with us on Twitter at 23Personnel, Spencer at PuntSuck, and Michael at Michael underscore LBK. And find even more great content over on stakingtheplanes.com. Help us out by rating the show and leaving a review on iTunes and subscribe on whatever channel you listen to podcasts. Remember to tell your friends about the show. The guys will be back next week with another episode. And until then, guns up and let the tortillas fly.